G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Radio in Melbourne with the financial support of the Community Radio Foundation. We come to you on the Community Radio Network through your local community radio station. All around the world, workers are celebrating May Day, the International Workers' Day. May the 1st was always an important day, a day built on the pre-Christian holiday of Beltane, a celebration of rebirth and fertility, May the 1st being the official first day of spring in Europe. But of course, International Workers' Day, May Day, comes from the call for an eight-hour day. In the late 19th century, the working class was in constant struggle to gain the eight-hour workday. Working conditions were severe and it was quite common to work 10 to 16-hour days in unsafe conditions. Death and injury were commonplace at many workplaces. As early as the 1860s, working people agitated to shorten the workday without a cut in pay, but it wasn't until the late 1880s that organised labour was able to garner enough strength to declare the eight-hour workday. This proclamation was without consent of employers, yet, yet demanded by many of the working class, and we know that it was the Melbourne stonemasons that declared the first eight-hour day victory in the world. So it is quite fitting that today's edition of Stick Together takes us outside the front of the world's oldest Trades Hall Council building on the corner of Ligon Street and Victoria Street, Melbourne, in the shadow of the eight-hour day memorial for International Workers' Memorial Day. May 7th, 2018. A 77-year-old man died after he was run over by a trailer at a property near Owen. May 30th, 2018, a 25-year-old man died after he became entangled in a conveyor belt at a Benara timer mill. June 24th, 2018, a 50-year-old man died in hospital after he received serious head injuries when he was struck by a mobile piling rig in a Westgate Tunnel project site on June 14th. July the 24th, 2018, a 56-year-old man died in an incident involving a tractor on a farm at Barjog near Mansfield. August 10th, 2018. A 60-year-old DELWP employee died after his vehicle rolled on private property at Chessant, 70 kilometres north of Mansfield. August 16th, 2018. A 32-year-old man dies after falling into a deep trench at a housing estate construction site at Wallen. Can I ask you why you've come today? I think it's important that we pay tribute to workers who've been killed on the job, who went to work that morning um, hoping just for an ordinary day and then didn't make it home. And also I'm very keen on allowing people to think hard about what the consequences of unsafe workplaces are. I'd really like the government to pass the industrial manslaughter laws so that people's safety can be improved. Companies won't do anything about it unless they're held to account in a very big way. They get very, very um, small fines to them. Small fines to us, they seem large, but, but to them, they seem very, very OK. It's just the price of a worker. Well, I think workers are worth more than that, and their families 
and their children and their colleagues are worth more than that. Do you work in this area or have you had experience of this? Um, I have had experience of this. Um, I I don't work in the area of OHS. I, I do work in a union, but when my mother had dementia, one of the lovely nurses who used to come and help us look after her at home, she lived with us, her 17-year-old son was an apprentice and he was with his boss on a building site and his name was Peter and he was driving home and all the gear was packed on the passenger side and he stepped out of the car and he was hit by a car on his first day of his first day of his apprenticeship and he was instantly killed. Now that wasn't seen as an industrial accident, it was seen as a traffic accident but he was coming home from work with his boss The car was incorrectly packed and that little tiny bit of safety not showing that precaution cost this young man his life. And the the nurse, and she was a wonderful woman, um, it destroyed her and her family. And I just think of that young man on this day and so he's the person foremost in my mind. This was about ten years ago, but he's the person foremost in my mind. He didn't get counted in the statistics, but to me it was entirely about him doing that work. September 6, 2018. A 49-year-old woman died when she was run over by a prime mover carrying an excavator on a Donvale property. September 21, 2018. A 25-year-old man died after he was caught in a conveyor belt at a concrete pipe factory facility in Shepparton. September the 30th, 2018. A 12-year-old boy died after he was run over by a tractor towing a spreading attachment at a property near Leechville. October 4th, 2018. A 20-year-old man died after he was overcome by fumes while welding inside a tanker at a Cranbourne West business. November 13th, 2018. A 54-year-old man died in hospital from serious burns when a high-voltage circuit breaker exploded at the Yalon Power Station on November 12. November 30th, 2018. A 20-year-old man died in hospital after falling from a ladder at a residential property in Bendigo. January 2nd, 2019. A two-year-old boy died as he was crushed by a spreader attachment that fell on him at a farm in Naringle in the state's southwest. January 11, 2019. A 63-year-old man died from injuries he sustained when a scissor lift he was using was struck by a mobile crane and rolled over on December 22, 2018. I was just wondering, why have you come today? Uh, We lost our son to a workplace death in 2003 at um, Amcor Fibre Packaging in Fairfield. Goodness, and so it's an important day. It's a very important day, yeah, very. Um, you just, <laughs> it's very raw still, you just don't get over something like this. It's just. Um, what actually happened to him? Uh, he, he was making paper on the paper machine and um, um, he got pulled into the rollers and his workmates had to quickly stop it and try and get him out. But Well, well no guards? No guarding. There is now, after that incident, there's, they put guarding on it. We're invited into Parliament, my family and I, to 
for the laws, for the um, debate about the laws being changed to higher fines, as was also the first case that WorkSafe took to um, the Supreme Court of Appeals because in the county court the fines were too low and at the time it was John Merritt who was CEO of WorkSafe then and he said, no, this is, this is not ended, we're going to the Supreme Court of Appeals and the, tr- and the fines were trebled then. Uh, well, you know, big, big machines in a paper factory without guards um, causing a death like that's just unbelievable. It is. <laughs> well, the situation was my husband worked there at the same time and he was on stress leave because of that machine. He was doing um, overseeing risk assessments, which they had never taken on that machine. They were speeding it up. They put the men on 12-hour shifts from eight-hour shifts. They took a man away from there, so they were a man short doing 12-hour shifts and the machines kept getting speeded up without risk assessments being done. And six months prior to our son being killed, um, one of his workmates was nearly pulled into the into the um, rollers and he hit the side, put in an incident report because he got injured. And my husband wasn't shown that. He was... Um, but the day before he went on leave, he found out at a meeting that they'd speeded the machine up again without doing any risk assessments. And he just said, "Look, you've done it again, and I've got I've gone on I'm going on leave tomorrow. Not I don't want a phone call when I'm on, and that's what we got. So it just does stay with you. You just you don't get rid of it." it it's always there. Yeah. It um, just affects everybody around you as well. Yeah. What was your son's name? Darren. Darren Moon. January 13th, 2019. A 19-year-old man was electrocuted while installing an air conditioner on the roof of a two-storey dwelling in Plumpton. January the 15th, 2019. A soldier, whose age has not been released, was killed at an army training site in Pakapanyul during a routine training drill. January 23, 2019. A 55-year-old man from Ballarat was killed after being stung by a bee while performing work duties as a general manager of a fire and safety company. January 24, 2019. A 55-year-old truck driver died after he was struck by his own truck while collecting a skip bit at Q. February 1, 2019. A 68-year-old man died after he fell about six metres from a raised forklift cage while cleaning a refrigeration unit at a Mordialic business. February 7, 2019. A 26-year-old man died after he was electrocuted when the platform crane he was using while pruning a tree came into contact with power lines at Hughesdale. February 28, 2019. A 60-year-old man died after he was thrown from a horse he was breaking in on a roadside at Carlsruhe near Kyneton. April 6, 2019. A truck driver was killed after crashing into a tree just after 3.30pm in Sandy Creek. The driver died at the scene. Why are you here? Uh, just to pay my respects to the people who have died while doing their daily duties at work. 
and to hopefully prevent it from happening again in the future. Work towards manslaughter laws in government so people can just go to work and earn a decent day's pay and go home to their family. You're in the construction industry? Yes. Yeah, so you have had a lot of uh, concerns this year. Yeah, it's ongoing and it's actually getting worse as at this point in time, which is meant to be going the other direction, so yeah. No worries. I'm from uh, Stick Together Show uh, 3CR. Uh, why did you come here today? Why? Because uh, a lot of workers are dying and they're the forgotten workers, the workers that die of diseases caused from workplace uh, chemicals and um, fumes. And they don't die and there's no inquiry, but they die because of disease caused by workplace mismanagement. And sometimes much later than when they first started to get ill. Yes, yeah. I suppose in their retirement, just before their retirement um, area, uh, era, so, but um, people who, you know, they go to work, they do their work, and then they find out they've got a disease, and there's a lot of denial that goes on in the workplace. Do you have any experience of that personally, or is it something that just really affects you? Yes, I have it personally, yes. Say that? I have it personally, yes. So I've been, um, so that's why I'm involved, came involved, and um, it's very saddening that Australia has been treated as a third world country. In Europe, uh, England and America, a lot of attention has been brought to this area, but unfortunately in Australia we just ignored it. Thank you. April the 7th, 2019. A 28-year-old man died after he was buried in soil at the base of a dry dam he was excavating at a Gellantipi property in East Gippsland. April 10th, 2019. A 56-year-old man died after he was crushed between a fence and a garbage truck at Coonwara in South Gippsland. On April 14th, 2019... A 37-year-old man working as a security guard died in hospital after being shot in a drive-by incident outside a nightclub in Paran. August 15, 2019. A man in his 70s has been killed after falling from a height at a factory in Clayton. April 17, 2019. A man in his 60s has died after falling off a roof at a property in Neilborough, just north of Bendigo. You are listening to Stick Together, Workers' Stories, Union News. We are down at the moving ceremony for International Workers' Memorial Day that happens yearly outside the Melbourne Trades Hall across from the eight-hour day monument. We have been listening to some of the voices of people directly affected by workplace deaths and the laying out of the boots belonging to those who have passed in the past 12 months in Victoria because of workplace incidents. Statistics showing that it is the young and those in rural workplaces that are overrepresented in the workplace death toll this year. The parents of a young man who died last year when he and a mate were suffocated and crushed by a collapsed trench spoke to the gathering of around 200 people calling for um, workplace for change. I'm speaking on, on behalf of my husband, Dave, and our two sons, Mitchell and Jack. Oh, sorry. 
also for Dr Lana Cormie, Sophie and George, who are unable to attend here today. On the 21st of March 2018, we received a phone call from a family friend which has changed our lives forever. Our son Jack and Charlie were trapped in a trench at Delacombe. Charlie was killed instantly. Jack was pinned up against the trench, buried to his neck with only one arm out. Jack was there for two and a half hours screaming out for help. There was no supervision and there was no trench protection. Jack was there left alone, screaming. And I can just... I can't imagine what our 20-year-old boy was going through for those two and a half hours. He was left there with his dead co-worker beside him. There was no one there for him. I just... Every night I lay there just thinking of what my poor boy was going through those last hours of his life. It's unimaginable what my baby went was going through. Finally, Jack was found by two... Um, concreters came and they found Jack and it took another three hours before Jack was, was pulled out from the trench. In that time Jack was conscious. So all up Jack was left in the trench for five hours and he, he was still conscious his whole time. No one no one rang his family no one rang us to tell us about our baby. Our 20 year old boy that was 21 year old boy was trapped that no one, Jack was denied the right to speak to his family. He was denied that right. He was denied that right to speak to us. They didn't even put him on the phone. They didn't even at least get, put Jack on the phone to talk to us so he could have his final words and to, to talk to us, to let him know where we had his back. That was wrong. That was wrong on everyone's behalf on that day, on everyone's behalf, on the police, on WorkSafe and on the, on the company's behalf. They should have rang us. Why have emergency contact numbers if you're not going to use them? They should have rang us to let us know. Jack was there in this trench for five hours. He didn't want people around him, strangers. He wanted his family. If anybody, he wanted his best mate, his brother. He needed his brother to be beside him. When Jack was finally released from the trench, he was airlifted to the Royal Melbourne Hospital. By this time... We were in the traffic, we were fighting. Yeah, we were fighting. Peak hour traffic and getting updated from the hospital saying, your son's going to die, you need to be here. There was nothing we could do. We were left in the traffic fighting. When we finally arrived to the hospital, Jack had had his third operation and they told us he was the sickest boy in the state. Jack had fought and fought a battle for 24 hours. We lost our boy the following day at 12.30. Jack and Charlie were two boys at work just doing their job. They should have come home. They were two boys that should have come home. They were just doing their job. Like all of us, we go to work to make a living. We don't go to work to die. What happened that day was an incident. It was not an accident. It should have and could have been prevented. More work should be done. We need more regulators on the ground and we need the unions to have more authority to go in, in the rural areas, to go into the workplaces and to make sure, because there's not enough 
regulators on the ground. There is not enough. So if there's no regulators on the ground, who is there looking after us? Nobody, because they don't allow the unions to go in on these sites. What we, what we need to do is change the rules and change the government. Get rid of the Liberals. It's the only way we're going to save our boys and save everyone. This is for all our workers. We need to get rid of the government. Thank you. Thanks for the privilege of speaking today. I'm Dave Brownlee. I'm representing my wife, Janine, my son, Mitchell and Jack, also Dr Lana Cormie, Sophie and George, who could not be with us today. We are members of a growing group of people which no one would want to be involved. In this group is the family and friends who have been affected by workplace deaths. Unfortunately, this group is getting bigger. Our son, Jack, brother, grandson, and much-loved friend was killed in a trench collapse, March 2018. His death was totally avoidable and should not have happened if basic trench safety was implicated. There was no supervision, there was no nothing as Jack's co-workers were at Smoko when the failure occurred at approximately 9.30am on the 21st of March. Jack and his co-worker Charlie Howkins were not discovered till 11.30am. So for that two hours, Jack would have been living a nightmare, buried up to his neck and not knowing when help would arrive. His mate not answering him, laying dead just metres away, a living hell. This is why these laws need to be changed. I commend the Andrews Labor Government for undertaking these issues and the need for change. They just went to work. They were just doing their job. They should have come home. This action needs to happen and we will hold him to his word, along with our local members and Minister Hennessy. As we will never be a statistic, we will never be a number and we will never rubber stamp to close the file. We will be the voice of our loved ones and for the many more families who are affected by this loss and grief. With announcement of a federal Labor shortened government to induce industrial manslaughter laws and a consultative committee to work on implication the other 32 recommendations in Senator Marshall's report. This will harmonise all states and territories to be adopting the same rules, laws and regulations our society wants and expects. This is why, we, why workers should... Why should workers be different to any other death in this country? I call on the state and territories to police to control these investigations, along with consulting with WorkSafe, unions and Oc Health and Safety reps. We need more of these investigations to be thorough and timely. For far too long, Australians have accepted workplace deaths. This, has been, this has to change. Companies should never be able to insure against this. This is not a deterrent. Bigger fines, jail and double jeopardy. We'll put all employers on notice that we are serious and the deaths of our loved ones will be never forgotten. These laws need to be strong, robust. They need to be drafted so that they can be used and not too hard to prove. To have a senior WorkSafe lawyer, Dimitri Rodkin, 
talk about penalties, and I quote, it is not work-safe jobs to crush companies. My reply was, but it's okay for this company to crush my boy. We would be happy to see these laws never needed. It's not about jailing your bosses, it's about safe workplaces. Statistics show our younger work workers along with our older workforce are the biggest victim in this area. So I'm encouraging you all to watch out for the kids and keep an eye on the older guys. There is no silly questions in regards to safety. So let's all be strong, loud and proud. Never forget the dead and fight like hell for the living. Let's change the rules and change the government. You're listening to Stick Together, Workers' Stories, Union News. We are down at the ceremony for International Workers' Memorial Day, held outside Melbourne Trades Hall across from the eight-hour day monument on Monday the 29th of April. We've heard from the grieving who are calling for a better social response to the unnecessary deaths of their loved ones. Another strong message at the event was the call for uniformed industrial manslaughter laws. Federal Labor has vowed that it will introduce legislation to enshrine industrial manslaughter federally. Let's hear from Luke Hilakari, Secretary of the Victorian Trades Hall Council. The way we think about it, if someone was speeding through that red light on Ligon Street right now and they hit a pedestrian and that pedestrian died, that person's probably going to jail. But if you ignore basic health and safety on site and you kill a worker, you get a fine. We don't think that is justice. If you kill a worker, you go to jail. And that will send a message to employers to pick up the act. So that's the first bit. The second thing is we need a tough regulator. Like we need a regulator who's got the backs of OH&S people as they're doing their work on site because it's hard. Um, we've got partners in WorkSafe and we think we can get this work. We want a tough cop on the beat. You know, employers need to be afraid when WorkSafe walks on site to look at, the, to look at what's going on because if they don't have that feeling, they don't think there's a tough cop on the beat where well, they're going to cut corners. And lastly, we need rights. We need OH&S rights to walk onto sites and make sure they're safe. Those three planks will reduce that number from 29. We need to reduce that number from 29. So today, comrades, uh, we renew our fight and renew our effort as organisers uh, to uh, remember the dead but fight like hell for the living. Thank you, comrades. That's it for Stick Together. Thanks for all those people who were part of the program today and thank you for listening. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. And to support the continued production of the only national program that uh, focuses on workers' news, uh, all you need to do is actually call your local community radio station and subscribe. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au or on iTunes and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 94198377. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. And happy May Day. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Until next time, stick together.